Whoa, one episode left. I'm gonna miss that song. Yeah, I am too. I'm gonna miss all of the the songs. Uh, the first one that we had that was like, "Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast." No, that We're one was just two guys. <laughs> That's what it said. It said we're just two. So it literally was a 14 hour time period between when we got the intro cut. Yeah. When Corey actually agreed to do the show. Uh-huh. So it was just going to be me and cello. And so oh, the okay. intro for years said just two guys. And it was always like, this is actually three of us. Right after, <laughs> right after so, um, anyway, guys, welcome to the Bitcoin podcast. I'm the host that talks first. D. <laughs> And I'm the third host, Jesse Broke. Whoa, you sound like Bane coming in there today. Yeah, it's all all the coughing from being sick like two weeks ago, and it's Mm. still hitting just like like you, you know, just like Corey, just like everybody in the world. I got a sickness coming on. My toddler's sick, and he's been coughing in my mouth, so we all know how that is. Nice. Just like the movie Contagion or... You know, you know, monkeypox is coming. Like that's that's the new flavor. Yeah, there's the people are like the way they're describing is like it feels like the devil's heating up nails and stabbing me, and I'm like, that's In your genital area too. Terrible. Yeah. Oh gosh. All right. So what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about Vitalik today, buddy. All right. We're talking about uh, Satoshi Nakamoto Jr. Everybody's autistic for. I mean. uh, I can't say that. That's a rude thing to say. I don't think he is that. I think he is a little bit more spectrum-y than the rest of us. I haven't met him. Uh, okay, I can't say that. I've met him. That's all I'm going to do is leave it there. But so Vitalik said something. He's been talking a lot of shit lately. Vitalik, like a couple of weeks ago, was talking trash about uh, uh, Michael Saylor, this most recent bull markets hero. There's a new hero every bull market. Right now, you can tell that we're not at the bottom of the bear until you start seeing a new hero. Right? It's like it's like superhero shows. You're like, okay. another one? Another one? Yep. We're going to have a new hero in the new bull market. We don't know who it is yet. When that person starts to kind of like, I don't know, weed their way through the Twitter sphere, that's when we know we're bottoming in this bear market and we've got a new hero. Last, it was Michael Saylor. But anyways, Vitalik called Michael Saylor. uh, He said he was like, uh, what did he say? At least you probably know. He said something like, uh, Michael Saylor, you're a twat. No, I'm kidding. That's not, that's not. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. I just wanted to see your face. Wait. So what's the what's the uh, why are we focusing on Vitalik being uh, more? I guess uh, Twitter aggro. Uh, do we? I mean, why? Why is that relevant to crypto as a whole? Uh, I don't. I don't think. It, I mean. If a if a if a cryptocurrency and a network are made well, then it doesn't matter who made it, right? It's irrelevant. I don't know about that. I think that only works for Bitcoin. That only works for Bitcoin because Bitcoin had the blessing of laying low for years before anybody cared about it. I feel like a 
nobody knows what will happen if Vitalik becomes less neutral, kind of. And it's Extreme. Just, yeah. Okay. Um, yep. Nobody knows what happens, but Ethereum that's is kind of a good thing. Right? Yes. That's that's what Ethereum is. Yeah. For a reason. Um yes, it is apolitical, but at the same time, doesn't that leave room for it to be not that mm-hmm. not um what's the word I'm looking for when somebody like takes something and starts using it for its unintended purpose? Uh, appropriated for an alternative purpose? I don't know. I don't know. Procreation's more misappropriated. Like doing the hibbity bibbity. <laughs> but um misappropriated, yeah. Co- co- cohorted another word cohort uh co-opted is that the word uh, co-opt has some good connotation co- a cohort is a group of people right i think so cohorted is, i don't think it cohort is not a verb hold on let's go it's a noun co-opted is is like taken over yeah i think you're right i think it is co-op co-op yeah cohort is a group of people you're absolutely right <laughs> It's a, or, uh, you know, it's often used derogatory. Uh, young Jack arrived with three of his cohorts, you know. Okay. I don't know if that that's true, but okay. That's what Google just told me. I mean, like, yeah. I've seen cohort used in the, in the academic sense. Like, there's a new cohort coming in in the curriculum of blank, you know, like yeah. a cohort of students or, you know. I feel you. Yeah. Um, yes. If something is apolitical, it leaves. I think it leaves a lot of room for something to be co-opted. You're absolutely right. Okay. Ethereum is supposed to be apolitical. Of course, it's a quote-unquote technology. What is technology? I shouldn't say quote-unquote. That's rude. That was rude to do to devs. I don't know that it's it means anything to like like it, it is a no, technology. It's just devs have feelings to whatever purpose. It's just a tool, right? Yeah. But to your point, you're saying I think it's like you're a at something. Like, it's being yeah. co-opted by who? I don't. I don't know. How to blow okay. my nose? I think I am getting under the weather. Uh oh. Gonna need some uh, Fanta. Is that what you recommend? No, it's actually Doritos Fruit Punch Mexican oh, Fruit oh, Punch Soda. Doritos. Yeah. Okay. It'll get you. It'll get you right. For but um. Yeah, for everybody listening, this show is brought to you by uh, Haritos Mexican Fruit Punch Soda. You can find it in the Mexican food aisle in your grocery store. It might be called Latina Foods. In, uh, Why would it be in like the normal soda section? Uh, it's sometimes not there. It's oh, sometimes really? it's not there. Okay. And you've got to search for it. Uh, got it. Because it's not soda, it's Mexican soda. If I go to my local tienda, I should be able to find it though, right? No, no oh, discrimination. Tienda for sure. Got it. <laughs> for, for sure. Target, not so much. <laughs> You're not going to find that Target. But anyways, uh, Ethereum, um, it is supposed to be an apolitical tool. But at the end of the day, you can't take politics out of things no matter how hard you try. I think you, you can't. You can't take politics out of it. No, because look, if it gets big enough and there's enough people with money in it and proof of stake works, and then you've got all these random quote-unquote pseudonymous addresses, like how much Ethereum does Coinbase have? 
How much Ethereum? How many nodes are they going to be? How many validators are they going to be running? How much shit can they vote on? Right. The but that's not political, guy. right? That's just who has power in the network, right? That Anytime mean- you introduce votes, it gets yeah. political. It doesn't matter. You can have a small company of you know. You okay, know, so let me ask you this question: When, when, if you say uh, nothing can be apolitical, what is Ethereum's political stance? Anarchy, bro. Is it really? You think that? No, not at all. Yeah. So, so what is their stance then, realistically? I don't know, man. Dude, I I, I feel I really like it's a, a word. I feel like it's a combination of very long and large words that poly side majors would know and yeah. argue about with you in backyard barbecues. And they're you know they're like actually Stalin wasn't a socialist. Stalin was actually a. And I'm like, oh god, here we go. I was told that. Uh... You need to do more than surface level read Wikipedia on a political ideology to be able to say you truly subscribe to it. That's so what you got to read books. Then you have to be uh, immersed in what that ideology means. So, like for instance, uh, if you read like Wikipedia on on crypto anarchy, uh, it it just says um, something along the lines of you were for. The protection of individual rights, such as privacy, freedom of speech, blah blah blah, and it's it sounds very like, um, very straightforward, and it makes sense, and it's like that sounds like what American citizens should have, mm-hmm. uh, and that sounds like America, but like, apparently you're not supposed to just say, oh yeah, that makes sense, and then like slap that label on yourself because that that does you wrong if you do that because there's like a spectrum of how crazy people can be like for for instance if you say oh you're i'm a democrat or i'm a republican apparently people will label you people who don't know you will think you're like the far extreme of that whatever label. is ethereum democrat or republican i have you no idea vote. if you I had to, if you had a gun i got a gun against democrat, your head but then i, I would gun against your head right now I don't know. bro i have no idea dude you know you know answer vitalik, vitalik uh answer question. all pronouns so democrat yeah. no republican would ever do that there we go ethereum is a democratic tool it's a tool of democrats quote that alicia put it in the title we're uh-huh. going viral oh my god <laughs> Ethereum's for the Dems, stupid libs. Bitcoin's for the Republicans, hardcore, Actually, that, big, that longed yeah. Republicans. Isn't it like old, right? Like Bitcoin, like it's, it's got those connotations nowadays. When I went to a Bitcoin Maxi, uh, I went to a Bitcoin Maxi conference speaking <laughs> as the middle ground guy in between Bitcoin yeah. and quote unquote. Good shit luck with that. And I made a lot of great points, and in the Bitcoin audience, they were like, yeah, but Bitcoin. And I was like, oh my God. And then they were talking about like they were talking about flat earth. Oh yeah. And they were talking okay. about That's all crazy. yeah, it got it got intense. And then what about aliens? And, and then Wayne and aliens? I had yeah. Wayne and yeah. I had to like step to the side and like look at each other like <laughs> these guys are a little bit Oh, you intense, met up with Wayne right? there? Yeah, yeah. It was That's great. Pretty cool. Anytime you go to Dallas, Jesse. Yeah. And Corey, if you're listening. Wayne will be awesome to us. He's he's. I, don't know. Is, I guess I guess Wayne we is OG awesome. I guess we changed his life by talking very casually about crypto <laughs> seven years. <laughs> but 
anyway, so Vitalik, we, we're supposed to be talking about crypto here. So Vitalik, first of all, what I want to say is Vitalik did not call Michael Saylor a twat. He actually called him a punk ass bitch. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, he, no, he didn't say that. Either. He called him a this clown. Is not the show to listen for if you want actual news. Oh, yeah, yeah. He called him a clown. And if you think I'm giving you news, then you should be less lazy and go read your own news. Like, listen to NPR. What's wrong with you, goon? All right. So he called Michael Saylor a clown, as to which Michael Saylor was like, I'm not a clown. And that's pretty much how all arguments go. Um, and that's it. But it's just kind of strange that Vitalik is so active lately because he's been on the low. He's been quiet for a while. He's what, chief scientist? of the ethereum foundation which is basically a title that says i only talk when i want to talk right there's other titles like ceo where you have to talk like people are like answer these questions and you're like i don't want to and they're like well i'm gonna write a story about how you answer my questions and screw you so you better answer these questions but chief scientist is like i'm not talking to you until i'm ready to talk to you so him talking is kind of it's got weight to it you know yeah it's like uh it's not a light punch in Street Fighter. It's a heavy punch. It's one of those hooks, you know. Did you see Evo? I didn't, but I was I was excited that it's kind of isn't it like trying to make a comeback? And then so Street Fighter five is on its way out. And so that was the last Evo for Street Fighter Five. And there was this kid who got into the losers bracket pretty early and mm. then he just chomped through all of the Japanese god tier, like dynasty superiority of Street Fighter V. Just mm. plowed through all of them, like three one three owed, like some of major names. I can um, no, okay. Yeah, like Daigo uh, and uh, God, who, who else? I, I don't, I don't, I don't really keep track of Street Fighter, but I was watching it, and I, it was making me excited. Yeah. So. Uh, but he lost to to uh, to a to a a guy from Japan eventually. Yeah, so there were, there were like four of them, four Japanese people in the, like the finals of Street Fighter Five at Evo, and the second and third place people were from Pakistan. Surprising, really? right? They're allowed to play video games. Didn't even know. I didn't, I didn't even know they, know they were had allowed to play video games. Apparently, in mm. twenty nineteen. Anyway, so. Yeah, Street Fighter. That's I just wanted to talk about. I feel that. like me, you, and Corey should get a fighting game that we can all play. I don't relatively play well, games. and that's I how suck. we solve disputes. Can we play Smash PvP Bros? and Elden Ring? You don't want the heat, bro. You don't I don't think I want the heat. You don't want. Okay, let's I... pick a different game. <laughs> no, no, I'll go for Elden Ring. But I've been I've been locking some hours in the old Elden Ring. I'm actually yeah, upset. I, I, had to take, I had to take some weeks off because of life, but my clan is begging me to come back because I've got the magic that gets the job done, if you know what I'm saying. That's not a sex joke. I know you guys have grown to know me over the years, but that was a magic joke. Literal magic with a wizard's dick. All right. So what Vitalik is also saying and why he is in our show notes, because we ain't too proud to beg anymore. We're just going to tell you what's in the show notes is he's talking about the whole tornado cash thing and if you don't know what tornado cash is it's it was basically like a it was cash on ethereum and it wasn't really it was quote unquote untraceable right 
So you basically could basically make your own money as long as you, you know, put the Ethereum in there and you print your little tornado cash. Do your tornado cash thing. And um, they got sanctioned by the U.S. government. And they said, hey, you're, you can't do this anymore. You can't just let people have their own money. What's wrong with you? So you wait, wait, no, 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 that's not what Vitalik said. That's what the U.S. government said. What Vitalik said is I'll out myself as someone who has used Tornado Cash to donate to this exact cause. The cost is Jeff Coleman, Jeff.eth, popular guy, I guess. Let me see how many follows this guy has. 10,000 followers. So he's out here doing the Lord's work. Wanting to donate to Ukraine is a great example of a valid need for financial privacy. If the government where where you live is in full support, you might not want Russian government to have full details of your actions. So Vitalik is saying that's a case for something like tornado cash. I want to help this government. I don't want that other government to know that I'm helping them for obvious reasons like I care about living. So I'm going to donate to them using this thing that makes my money anonymous and they can't track it, trace it to me. Right. So, I don't know, Tornado Cash is pretty dope. They made a spliggity splash back in 2019, 2020, somewhere in there at a, at a DevCon uh, before COVID. So it had to be 2019. <coughs> Bless you. Alicia, Alicia wants to make it clear that what you said was the U.S. government banned uh, Tornado Cash as a cryptocurrency. Didn't they like fact, sanction it? It's a mixer. Okay. Right. Yeah, it makes you, mixes your current, mixes your transactions in. With a bunch of transactions, it'll kind yeah. of like obfuscates your action. You're washing your money. You're you're obfuscating the original address where it came from, the source of the funds. Yeah, absolutely. You can't say things like washing, Jesse. That's so illegal sounding. It is illegal to wash money. It doesn't just sound illegal. Wait, is it illegal to wash crypto? Oh, uh, yeah, it's illegal to wash money. Bro. Oh, wash uh, money. Wait. Okay, crypto is money. Hell yeah! On the but I thought ETH was a utility. What's a utility? And that utility is money and things. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it can be exchanged for money, but it does was it like it also powers Ethereum. So like, are you washing money when you when you send Ethereum to Tornado Cash? You are kind of like the same way you were washing money when you sent it to uh, what's that called? Bitcoin Zapper, Zapper Zap Zaps, (laughs) Bitty Zaps. No, I'm kidding. Uh, The Alicia, Alicia is so much more knowledgeable than, than I am about. Alicia keeps up with the space. Alicia, you are deep in this space. You are deep in it. <coughs> Bless you. Bless you, child. Yeah, thank you. I'm coughing. It's all good. Same thing. All right, cool. Didn't know if it applied. Um, There was a Bitcoin mixer. It was really big on the dark net. You sent your Bitcoin there, get it wiggity washed, bring it back to you. Nobody knows. That also got hit with some harsh words from governments. I mean, look, I, I rest my case that crypto is just creating last bosses that are impenetrable. Like the government now, like even since the government has been saying, uh, that's kind of I, mean, I called out USDC was making backroom deals with the US government. And it's like it's the US government stable coin. Like I'm, I told I told everybody that. You I'm and I are on the out. same team there, dude. We I was like, I was in the dance. Avalanche text channel. I was like, hey guys, USDC is 
totally USD coin. Like, Fusion like Dance, actually. Fusion support Dance. with it's we're on the wrong side. You'd have to do the other way. What are you talking about? I'm mirrored. I'm you, on my screen. It, you're pointing away from me. Oh. Yeah. Fuck. So, like, I can. This makes sense. Yeah. We're both pointing the same way on my screen. <laughs> Shit, that looked bad. Anyways, I'm right there with you. I think Coinbase is trying as hard as it can to be a part of the Federal Reserve in like the next 20 years. Oh, yeah. No, totally. I mean, look at BlackRock. Like, BlackRock wouldn't have made Coinbase its partner if, you know, they mm-hmm. they weren't about to like inject a ton of money. That after, government money. After, like, I think, what do you think? Do you think the bottom is in or do you think the bottom is going to um, come in later the bottom is going to come in later blackrock was just getting the infrastructure in. oh yeah they're totally going to tank the whole thing usd coin is going to get yeah but blackrock um what was i going to say is do you think oh, here's something here's a meta thought here's a clippable leash leash clip clip to clip no do you think blackrock is the government's mixer whoa deep right deep deep that's a deep I don't know, and I don't think I don't think that's the case. I think I Bitcoin know. is everybody's mixer. It'd be ridiculous if I just got sniped right now. But I won't care <laughs> for oh saying God. things like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. So, so Vitalik, he's talking about Tornado Cash. Tornado Cash is a mixer. A lot of people use it for good, but you know, some people use it for bad, like North Korea. Use it for bad, so. So here's something that that uh, we have here in the show notes here, and that is that some researchers have discovered a critical flaw in the Bitcoin Lightning Network. <gasps> Who even uses that? That was a good pause, man. That was a good okay. pause. Me and you, like peanut butter and jelly. Um, <laughs> I don't know who uses that, but I want to read this flaw. So the University of Illinois, they've discovered a vulnerability in the most popular second layer scaling protocol in the Lightning Network. Oh. That's a stretch. Yeah. Cosimo Squanchi. What a fucking name right there. Look at listen to these names. Cosimo Squanchi and Anastasio. It's by Italian. It's an Italian first name. Cosimo. I think it is. Cosimo Squanchi and Anastasios Sideripalos. I feel like you're really butchering Italian names. Hey, I'm giving it a shot though. <laughs> it's true. I'm actually upset with the country of Italy right now. They totally rejected Domino's Pizza. Correct. Yeah. They I feel didn't like, want the competition. There's this weird thing happening in this day and age where your internet is only curated for you. So when you go out in public and start talking about the shit that you saw on the internet, everybody's like, <laughs> weird motherfucker over here. Fuck is he looking at? And so I'm like, I was talking, I was literally talking to my brother earlier today and was like, bro, did you read that Domino's got kicked out of Italy? And he was like, no, why would I ever care about that? And I was like, I mean, I saw that article like five times on my feed and he was like, yeah, not, that's not a everybody thing. I, I wonder what why. keywords or whatever <laughs> search terms, like what did you do to get that on your feed? <laughs> no idea, but I saw five variations of the same ad. And now I know in my head that Domino's, Open 38 stores in Italy and it's closing all them shits down because Italy is like your shitty American pizza is not gonna fly out here. Interesting. <laughs> anyways, is that Google? Is that Google's feed? No, it was like Reddit. So 
Okay. That makes it even more weird. So a zombie attack occurs when a set of nodes becomes unresponsive, uh, locking the funds in any channel connected to those nodes. Ouch. Whoa. That's a zinger. In order to defend against a zombie attack, honest nodes must clear their channels and exit the network. This requires high transaction fees to settle onto Bitcoin's base layer blockchain. The researchers called zombie attacks a form of vandalism, and it renders Lightning Network channels unusable and congests Bitcoin's throughput. Ah, man. Zombie Why are we attacks. talking about the Ethereum 2 merge? Um, I mean, we can. The show just started, bro. I mean, we're like halfway through. I feel like that's juicier than like Lightning Network scaling having issues. Like, I mean, I if you want to talk about the juice, we can talk about the juice. Let's talk about things that are interesting. All right. To you or to, to everyone? You. Okay, true. All right. Let's talk about the Bitcoin scale. No, I want to talk about what's interesting to you. This is our show. We do Let's what see. we want. What is interesting to me? The merch. I don't know anything. Like, I don't know how... Like there's a there's a there's a lecture learn up that was given internal to um, mm-hmm. status about how the Nimbus client is going to um, functionally, uh, I guess, go live. And I wish I could watch that discussion because I have no idea on the technical details of how it works. Mm. Do you? Um. Do you have Ethereum that you have put towards? I do. Okay. Do you know how any of it works or just do it through Coinbase? Or I do not. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Let me take that back. You know how like, this is the way I'm starting to feel about crypto because I've been in it so long. Do you still remember the stuff that you studied when you were like a bachelor? When you were a super bachelor, like back in college, no, it's gone, right? Because you're not using it. Yeah, that's the way. That's how I know that, like, this switch to hashing it out is a good thing for me because all the stuff I was super new about the tech is just me being intuitive now because it's like I haven't studied that stuff in a while. Yeah, and that's the same thing with like ETH 2.0 is something I was hard in the paint on back in like 2017, 2016. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, ah. you know, you know who would know, and who we might be able to bring on, Doctor Betty, Joe, <laughs> Joe, Joe is Joe. watching right now. Joe probably knows. He's probably like, Joe, you in the easy right now? Trying trying to game the the ETH two transition with hex stuff. <laughs> That's because I am in the construct, Joe. What you're looking at is just a sequence of events that are converging upon amongst a, a summation of divergences. You yourself are just film being developed by the randomization of the chaotic fluidity of light. Is that the actual like quote from the Concordedly, vis-a-vis. No, I have no idea what. I practiced being the architect quite a bit because I'm me and I was like, man, what if the architect were black? I could play a black architect. Like, I'm just, you know, those are the thoughts that run through my head. 
but uh i'm gonna give a link to joe see if he wants to come on you can't even want to we can talk about atomize i don't want to talk about atomize oh shit joe jesse just chat on your shit (laughs) (laughs) wait hold on i think we could do the fusion if we do this no okay no, I'm, 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 messaging, I'm messaging Joe. Um, what are some so, hot topics in crypto? Uh, we got them in the yeah, show Alicia notes. Bro, bring up the Alicia. show notes. Alicia, do you know? Bring up the show notes. They're right there, right? Alicia, do you want to do you want to jump? Yeah. What do you know about the space? Right now, <laughs> it's it is the merger because people are finding out that once they stake everything. Yeah, they haven't established the next step where you can pull your stake out. Eventually, that's not a function. Yeah, that's, that's when I lost interest, right? too, Jess. Yeah, but if they're staking something, right, and you want to get your return investment, or you want to pull that's out, why Lido exists. That's why liquid staking exists for Ethereum, right? Yeah, but- exists for that very reason because. People knew it was a one way in, no way out. And so they wanted a way out. So you have these providers giving liquidity for staked ETH. Yes, they're giving liquidity, but it's not actually the original like ETH. Sure. Yeah. So it's counterparty. Use it like the real ETH. It's yeah, counterparty. It's counterparty. And given that all these bridges and all these like little exchanges, big exchanges, a lot of stuff is collapsing, people are hesitant now to put it's not their passing stuff. the smell test, Alicia. I'm, I'm just letting you know it's a little bit of chatter about the second part of what they're supposed to do because they're eventually supposed to allow you to eventually after the merger. I call it the merge, Alicia. The merge. Well, it's the merger <laughs> because also the miners are pushing back because they're not going to have any power anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. They're going to have uh, ETH Classic 2.0. Yes, and there, there's a thinking that there might be uh, three chains. Hey, I got a 24 count of popcorn ready for this shit. The Boy yeah. Scouts got me, but it's good timing because I will be popping some Look, popcorn. The, when the merge does occur, it's going to be the dominant chain. It is. But it, it's not going to go without some hiccups. I don't think it's going to hey. be the mess that was uh, Segwit in Bitcoin. And Segwit was fun. I got so many Bitcoin like versions, variations. Yes, very oh, yeah. gold, Bitcoin Platinum, Bitcoin Super, Bitcoin Satoshi's Vision, Bitcoin whatever else. Jeez. Let me see if I can find the site. There's a one that tracks all the Bitcoin forks. I think there's up to 100. And Coinbase kept it all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Coinbase kept all of it. It's like the dirtiest known <laughs> secret in all of crypto that Coinbase is like, we're sitting on billions of billions of dollars of forked bitcoin and we're not going to give it back we're going to keep that bible yeah yeah i think they only gave like what bitcoin cash and that was it the first time around get in here joe oh joe (laughs) coming in from the left turnbuckle i love your headphones they're awesome but tornado cash is like the big buzz in ethereum right now right i've seen a lot of ripple waves because there was a lot of services that plugged into tornado cash mm. tell you us Joe. Me? yeah You're on episode 399 joe one like of the last second to last put, one you could put your metamask and you could connect it to tornado cash that's a function that metamask now has to turn off 
for U.S. residents. Mm. So What's that? Counterparty. Tell yeah. us about all of the problems that exist in the Ethereum ecosystem, Joe. I like your enthusiasm. How you're about to game the merge. I don't know if I'm going to game the merge, but um, yeah, to what I think the, you were talking about it before, the there is, and also Alicia just touched on it, although I was going in and outside and hear everything Alicia said, but you know, you're going to have basically this ETHW chain which is the ETH proof-of-work chain. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have the, the ETH chain, which is you know the chain that is everybody who's staked their ETH for ETH2. So I think that the ETH staking started on like December 2nd of, or December 5th of 2020 or something like that. So it's almost been two years where people have basically locked up their ETH for the future proof-of-work, or sorry, yeah, proof-of-stake ETH chain. But um, to what Alicia was saying, there's no code after the merge to take your ETH out. So once you stake your ETH, it's locked in there effectively forever until somebody writes some code in the Geth client to say end stake and give me my stake back. Is that going to happen before the purge or after the purge? After, bro. You're rolling the dice, homie. The speculation, I listened to a couple of podcasts from some of the ETH devs, and I also yeah. listened to some of the ETH dev calls, and they say it's going to happen within 6 to 12 months after the merge is complete. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, ETH was supposed to proof of stake seven years ago, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, you know, how long, is it really going to happen then or not? I mean, you're you're basically, I think somebody brought it up earlier, You're you're relying on them to make that change there's no no individual person is going to be able to end their stakes basically so it's like the liquid eth staking work like did you have to do you have to stake eth through like lido or something or yeah so in with ethereum so i think you know a lot of us are familiar with avalanche and how avalanche staking works right so if alicia has enough eth if she sorry if she has enough avalanche if she has 2000 avalanche she can set up a node and then all three of us could delegate our stake to Alicia. We still own, and let's say we each have 2000 Avalanche. So we could all delegate our stake to Alicia. Alicia could run the node, but she's actually running the servers. And then we all collectively get yield. In that, in that instance, we all still own our private keys. We all still own our stakes. In ETH, there is no delegated staking right now. You would have to send your Avalanche to Alicia and then hope that she sends it back in the future. Right? Oh, I, th- I didn't so, know that. I didn't know that there was no delegated staking in ETH. Yeah, it's not delegated. It's just regular staking. And, so, and, that, and that's where a little bit of bubbling of contention is coming because of what has happened throughout this year, all the, these different mm-hmm. bridges collapsing, the smart contracts, all these different services. A lot of them are Ethereum-based or associated with Ethereum. And people are like, um yeah maybe not or maybe not now (laughs) so there are there there has been a couple of there are have been a couple of companies that have already lost a lot of eth that have been that have they've been given eth and then they've lost the keys and lost a ton of eth already so there's already been eth that's been lost in 
this transition, but it hasn't been, it's not a catastrophic amount yet. So, you know, I think people are still willing to go forward with the way it's going, but that once, once the merge happens, the only thing that happens is that the proof of work chain stops and then the proof of stake chain starts. Mm. Um, nothing else changes. And so your ETH that was locked up is still going to be locked. If you gave it to somebody, it, they're still going to be holding it. Um, you know, there is the STETH, which is kind of like the, um, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the, um, the futures representation of ETH. So you'll be able to redeem that STETH on the other side for your ETH to get your ETH back, right? So they should be, you know, STETH and ETH should be kind of like one-to-one mirrored. But, you know, I think... I, I think I think everything will work out in the end, but it's just a situation where <laughs> don't we all? It's a situation where you're kind of you're kind of breaking the rules of like why crypto was invented, right? We built this thing so we could get rid of middle people, get rid of counterparty risk, and this transition is just a whole bunch of middlemen and a whole bunch of counterparty risk, like just going off, like red red alarm bells are going off everywhere. I. All right. I don't know. I've been I've I've just gestated on crypto for so many years and so much time now. And it's like getting rid of middleman is never an answer. That's a good thing. It's being able to have systems that hold middlemen accountable. That's the good thing. Right. Like if I had to have a power plant in my backyard to keep these lights on right here, I would just be broke and in the dark all the time. I would just be like, yeah, I'm not going to figure out electricity. I'm just going to just not. I'm just going to be that dude who doesn't have electricity because I'm not trying to figure out how that shit works, man. And like, is you've got to have middlemen. It's You've got to have systems that can hold middlemen accountable. And it's just, I, I fear that like in the dark rooms of the JP Morgans, they're just like laughing as they're creating these systems on ethereum and avalanche right they're making it and they're like yeah we're just gonna totally just remake banks and we're just gonna put it on that and people are gonna have to use it because we're just gonna go to the congressman next week and we're gonna say hey people got to use these wallets because these wallets connect to our banks and that's it game it's not it's not like game over it's like we're gonna get adoption it's just not gonna look like what we thought it was gonna look like and the options are gonna it's gonna be us money versus them money and like you can use ethereum you can go you can go free ball in ethereum and crypto if you want to but you're not gonna have many options playing there and coming back and trying to buy a house like i mean i just i just feel like that's the i feel like it's inevitable bro i feel like it's thanos (laughs) yeah i think The systems thing you said is, is I think, key because one of the things that, you know, Corey always brings up, and I use this all the time in my examples, is that crypto gives you that optionality to just rely on the system instead of relying on a person. Um, and, if, and if another company wants to come in and then be that, um, be that counterparty that sits between you and the code, then that's fine. You're just trusting that, you're just trusting that company. And I think we were able to see a good example of this with like Celsius, right? So when Celsius started losing all of its money and couldn't pay back its loans, the first thing that they did was clear out their maker vault. 
Why? Because if their maker vault gets liquidated, they lose all their money. They would rather freeze customers' funds and not let you withdraw your money and pay back the maker vault and then go into bankruptcy proceedings because that is on the blockchain and the, the, the code that's written in maker is not going to say like, oh, well, yeah, we'll give you an extra five minutes or an extra day to, to like pay back your collateral. If the price goes below and somebody presses the button that liquidates Celsius's position, it gets liquidated. There's no discussion, right? And so the system that's designed in that, in that case that's on chain, there's nobody that can really tamper with it unless you know you tamper with the oracles, but that, that's not going to happen. Nobody's going to mess with that just to spare Celsius because somebody has something to gain from there. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things where the on-chain, rec- the on-chain interactivity was prioritized by Celsius over the consumer who they can just go to court and just do all this litigation with and go through bankruptcy proceedings and unwind the business and pay people back in tranches and do the same old world business of going out of business. But you can't do that on chain, right? And so I think we're starting to see, so like real, like, you know, real DeFi is running just as expected. And you could have watched this whole thing. You could have gone to the maker um, vault preview and the dashboard and just seeing Celsius repaying, 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 paying back their full loan as, as at the same time, they had a, a logo in the app that said customers funds are frozen. So there is, there are, I think there are cases where these systems are actually very resilient. And when people are playing by the rules, whether it's an individual you know, like myself or like if any of us are playing and we're just in directly interacting with the contract or it's a company like Celsius or BlockFi or Voyager or anybody else who's interacting with these contracts on chain, they're going to, they have to follow the same rules we have to follow. And there's really no way around it. Right. And I think that that's kind of the, that's kind of that rule set that you, you know, to your saying, like that's the system, that system is, this, it acts the same way and it's this, it behaves the same, whether you're a multi-billion dollar company or whether you're like, you know, you have like $5,000 and you're just testing the thing out. Yeah. So one thing that you brought up was MakerDAO and how they have exposure to USDC. Well, you didn't bring this up, but I want to bring this up as a topic, which is how are they going to get rid of their reserves of USDC being at 35%? I just... So MakerDAO, DAI specifically, is composed of... Oh, I see what you're saying. Right, 35% USDC. I I didn't get the whole... I didn't get the whole... Yeah, yeah, so so now MakerDAO is is in a panic trying to figure out how they can remove that 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 uh, counterparty risk from their reserve. So, I mean, that'll be interesting to watch. Wait, I thought Dai was just like a pure crypto stable. Dai is not that anymore. No, it's back to a basket of assets. Yep. And so, one of those assets is USDC. Yep. Yeah, USDC is like twenty five percent or thirty percent of thirty five percent collateral. Yep. Yeah, something. Up there, when did yeah. that happen? Right, just so funky. That was supposed to be like the pure crypto stable that wasn't didn't need USDC, didn't need those. I don't know, man. Smells like halibut. It might be halibut. <laughs> so, so I wonder if there's any like that was a fish joke, Jesse. Just because you're. Oh, I know. Water. I know halibut. Oh, okay. I didn't. I, okay. Got it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's been stable coins and crypto have been an interesting journey. Whether they're over collateralized stable coins, you know, programmatically or you know, um, human generated, right? Like human issued and then human retracted, you know, like something like Tether where somebody's just pressing a button and then pressing another button um, or something like USDC, which is very similar to Tether. It's just that it might be 100% um, uh, collateralized versus fractionally reserved. Uh, it's been very interesting to see because, you know, if you want to say that you have a dollar, you know, the only real authority that can say that you have a dollar is the United Circle. States government. Well, no, it's the government. It's the United States government. Who has a backroom deal with the U.S. government. Like I said in the yeah. Avalanche channel, I was like, 100%, there's a backroom deal between Circle and the U.S. government. Well, the government controls all that stuff, right? The dollar is their money. Well, I, I don't think people realized that USDC uh, was counterparty risk, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's certain circles where they talk about this, you know, and they'll say... Oh, really? Yeah, where you'll, I mean, people that are paying attention, they know that there's admin keys in Circle. Yeah, yeah. Because they can turn off coins. So, it's, this is probably a revelation to a lot of people, though. But Crypto's getting funky, man. I saw the reserves of, of, of uh, USDC when it was spreading to all of the chains, like Algorand, I saw that reserve, and it said something like 26 trillion or some some stupid large number and i was like wait a minute they're they're making a supply which they haven't minted yet and when i looked at the their ability to claw back it's enabled and i'm like uh okay i see and that's what you know at least for me i i wasn't in any rooms where anybody was making that clear to me and i just saw that and i was like okay circles definitely counterparty uh, well, USDC from Circle is definitely counterparty risk. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you know if you're using like TUSD or USDC or any of these tokens, they're gonna you're they're gonna have to have the ability to to control the transactions. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think there's a way to get around that. Mm -hmm. So, is there any stable asset in crypto that isn't collateralized by anything else? There isn't, right? I mean, Luna wasn't, but we saw how that went. Wait, Luna, I guess it was collateralized. Luna was. It was collateralized. It was under collateralized. Yeah. yeah, it was collateralized by Terra Avalanche and by Bitcoin. And Terra and Bitcoin, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. I, I still, there are a few people that I've heard have ideas for a stable coin yeah. that is over collateralized by some asset, but. Yeah. I think the probably the most stable thing that I've seen so far is um, is liquidity, right? Okay. So liquidity is collateralized by Ethereum, um, and it's one of the only stable coins that's just it's just collateralized by ETH. So you can't put anything else in there, and liquidity has been fine. You know the 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 reserves dropped when the price of ETH dropped, but yeah. it has you know it it just exists purely on chain. It's 100% collateralized by ETH. You can, you know, you can, you know, put in ETH and get out. Uh, I think is it USDL. I think it's USDL. Wow. That is, which is I like had never dollar. heard of that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's got. If you go look at their site, it, they have like 
liquidity.org. They have like 50 different front ends. Yeah, there's $600 million of value locked in there right now. Every, anybody can create a front end. You can just, oh, it's LUSD. Okay, yeah. So you put in ETH and you get LUSD back. <clears throat> so it's liquidity.org. So that's probably, and it, it has to be collateralized at 110%. So it's just an over-collateralized stable coin, but it's over-collateralized with the native token on the chain. So it doesn't have to go anywhere. You know, you don't have to take value out of the system and rely on some third party thing to figure but out what the value is. I had to quote Colin on all this is like, what's the point of it? Is this for traders to have fun? I mean, you, you, we're, at, we're talking about a stable coin, right? Like what is a, what is a well, stable coin? Well, that is I know. What I'm saying is, is like, why would you want to put your token and take a loan out of some other token unless you just wanted to go have some fun money or some liquidity to go buy something? But there's really nothing to buy. You're Are just you trading. Why stable coins exist? No, no, that's not what I'm asking. I'm oh, asking okay. like, <laughs> all right, let's let's. I'll just try to stay in the world I know for a second. Not that deep DeFi shit. Just the real world. I go get a loan. And it's like, oh, I see an opportunity here. I need liquidity that I don't have. I'm going to borrow somebody else's, take the opportunity, and just pay this premium until the opportunity hits, and then I'm paying back the loan, right? That's kind of like how you gamble in the real world. Oh, there's something mm-hmm. cost 35K. I think it's going to make me 150K. I don't have 35K. I'm going to go get 35K, pay premium on that, buy it. Hope that it goes up to what I thought it was. Sell it. Now I can pay back the 35K and I keep 150K minus, you know, 35K plus the mm-hmm. premiums that I paid. Yeah. But I'm using it to go buy something. So, like in crypto, what is there to buy with other crypto except for other crypto or NFTs? So, are people like well, taking out I know loans? People use yield. You use that for yield farming strategies to get more yield. Uh, but then unwinding that takes time, and so like if if the asset, oh yeah, I mean you could do you could use it for a bunch of stuff, right? You what you're saying, right? You could take the the stable coin and then take it out of the system, right? So you could trade your USDL for USDC or GUSD or whatever, and go to an exchange and pull it out, and then you can go buy an asset in the real world, right? Let's say you have um, let's say you have like half a million dollars of ETH and you want to go buy a house. And you don't want to sell your ETH. You put your ETH into this thing. You take a loan out for Mm $450,000. There's no taxes now because there's no taxes on loans. So you just take that loan out. And now you just got 450 K that you can go do whatever you want with. So you can go buy a house. And as long as, you know, you don't get liquidated, you've basically just been able to take value out of the system in the form of a stable coin. Right. Um, and that coin, the, everything else that you interact with in, you know, in the real world is in the denomination of that stable coin, you know, so as long as you don't, as long as you don't get, as long as you don't get liquidated, you're fine. Right. As long as the price (laughs) of ETH, whatever the price you put it in an ETH in, as long as you don't go below the 110% collateral ratio, you're good. Um, you could also do it. And then like, you know, you could provide symmetric liquidity, on a um, on a dex right so you could say hey i want to pair my usdl and some usdc because i know people are going to be swapping between these and they both have the same you know dollar value so you're not going to suffer from any impermanent loss because 
when people are trading back, you're just going to get fees. They're both pegged to a dollar, mm-hmm. you know? So that's when you pull out your liquidity, you're going to get back the exact same plus all the fees. So you could do that if you wanted to do symmetric liquidity providing. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a bunch of other things you could do with it as well, but there are, there is value to having something that See, guess- is equivalent to a dollar, but you just have to be, you know, you have to start getting really creative to figure out what those things are. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, and I is—I wasn't—I've never thought of USDC as as money. I thought of it as like, oh, that's like crypto dollars. Yay! Like I can have some fun with that. But you're absolutely right, and especially now with like Coinbase is saying things like your USD wallet and your USDC wallet are the same now, and I'm like, mm-hmm. what? what the fuck are y'all doing over in Coinbase's headquarters to make that a reality? Like I'm just thinking, like, what? Who made mm-hmm. trillions of dollars in that handshake for your USD wallet and your USDC wallet to be the same in Coinbase? Yeah. That doesn't, it's not computing with me. I'm like, that's where I'm like, oh, fire's getting a little too hot. I'm going to step back on that one and see what's going on. But I don't know. Crypto's getting weird in a, a crazy good slash crazy weird way. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Jesse, you, you're not involved in the de- de- degeneracy anymore. I think you learned your lesson from Tron. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Tron was 20. awesome. <laughs> Saw $80,000 go down to like 4K or something like that. I was like, wow. Just that was amazing. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I was posting with Joe like a long time ago, like 2018 or something. And then we yeah. were like Tron buddies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's nothing worse slash more freeing than seeing a wallet go from a lot to a little, right? It's it's like but it was slow, times. right? It was slow, so it was like you know, yeah, it wasn't like, uh, like for instance, people who trade with leverage, it's like they have like hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then boom, it's gone, and then they owe back, <laughs> like. <laughs> It's like that South Park episode. And it's gone. <laughs> and yeah. it's gone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I think, you know, going back to the whole, you know, what is, <clears throat> what's Maker going to do about die? I have no idea. Because I don't know if they control who provides the count, the counterparty or the, um, the assets that back die. I don't know if they can, like, if they monitor that. Or if it's something in the contract that they have to upgrade the contract and say, hey, no more adding USDC, only removing. I don't know how, if they have a proxy contract where they can actually upgrade DAI. Um, or well, I don't know how DAI works you know, from a technical standpoint. But I don't know if they'll ever be able to pull out, pull the USDC out of there. But that would really mess DAI up if Circle just decided like, whoop, we're turning off all this collateral. Because then all of a sudden, the value of DAI would just drop by 30 some percent. It would be just like it would basically do. It would destroy. Started doing. It It would destroy. Die. Yeah. Yeah. Because like there are a lot of different entities that have interactions with Tornado Cash, right? Like Gitcoin, Mm -hmm. I think, was one of the addresses that was blacklisted. Yep. Uh, We got some clips in this episode. Roll. Let them roll. Maker Maker Dow is. It has. Does it have exposure to Tornado Cash? Can we get a little bit of? I'm sure everybody does. All like. Big for yourself. Uh, can we do a little no, no, bit I'm of the? Uh, 
these big, com- these big companies. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure like Maker probably does. Ave probably does. Uh, I, I mean, Alicia mentioned that um, that uh, MetaMask does. You know, I'm sure even Coinbase probably has some connection to it somehow. Uh, probably Shapeshift was probably hooked into there somehow. I mean, I'm sure a lot of things are touching it because it's an interesting technology right it's not it's not necessarily only used for bad if you want to like if you have a bunch of employees and you want to pay them and you don't want to know who's getting paid what you can run it just through tornado cash right if you're paying everybody one eth a month you just put one eth put four one eth things in tornado cash to the outgoing addresses and then come back in two weeks and then pop them out and just pay and pay people and then nobody knows who got paid what is that how you pay people do (laughs) me (laughs) <laughs> no, I've, I pay people the old school way with like a bank account and, you know, <laughs> check. I do it the but, old legal way. <laughs> but but that's how, I mean, if you were going to pay people with tornado cash, you know, that's what you would do, right? Yeah. Say, okay, I, I, I'm paying you, let's just say like one ETH every two weeks, right? Yeah. You would just load up all that ETH, all those one ETH like chunks. Or, I mean, you could do it with USDC as mm-hmm. well, but they froze all the USDC. Um, so the, the tornado cash mixer supports multiple currencies. Um, so you would have to pick the right currency, but if you did it with ETH, you could just do, you know, one ETH, um, blocks, and then you can just send them out, you know, weeks later or whatever. And they're going to get mixed with all the other people that put one ETH blocks in there. So (laughs) I just want to revisit this. Theoretically circle can just turn off that USDC that's, that that die holds just turn it off and then all of a sudden the die drops to 65 cents what if that's yeah. blackrock's play it's like like jointly with circle they're like we're gonna short short the whole ecosystem and then just inject a ton of money through coinbase <laughs> circle oh, is to tornado cash no circle what yeah circle circles attached to tornado cash yeah I, I, yeah, Alicia just posted a link in the yeah. chat. Yeah, Wild. you know what's interesting? The, even going back to the whole um, ETHW uh, conversation, right? When if if there is a, a proof of work version of Ethereum, it's going to have a copy of all of the contracts that exist on proof of stake Ethereum. So all of those coins, Circle could just go to the proof of work Ethereum and just be like, boop, and shut down all of the USDC Whoa. on ETH work. So anything that was ever backed by, they could basically break everything, right? Anything, because it doesn't make, like, when there's, if there's a copy, just because there's a copy on the chain, that doesn't mean that that copy is still valid over um, in the new world, right? It's not like all the dollars got copied. They just That's copied crazy. the state of everything else. They could just so Circle could just value. log in. Yeah, of, they could just go to EW, yeah, and then just press a button and invalidate all of the coins, right? So, and then think about everything that that breaks, right? That would break anybody who's using like Ave, Dai, Compound, uh, Uniswap. If you have any pairs, any LP positions that are like USDC and something else, those all get evaporated. You know, I remember D played with that a long time ago. Remember oh, DeFi. Yeah, remember when you, when you introduced liquidity ago. to USDC and ETH? It was like in 2019. Yeah, right? it was it was last year. I, I did <laughs> oh, it from it birthday. To, I did it from birthday to birthday, and then the whole year you were like, you should have just kept it in ETH, bro. You're fucking stupid. And I was like, 
Not stupid, man. I'm just no, seeing I didn't if say it works. Stupid. I was just like, I, I don't think that's gonna. That's what you said. It hurt my feelings. Oh, I didn't say you're but, stupid. Um, no I'm kidding. You were like, you should have just left it in ETH. It would have been worth more. And you were right. I would have gotten like an extra twenty five hundred dollars or something. I, I think I did that calculation. I think you did do that calculation. Yeah, I think I you guys are both telling me that I would have just made more it's if not I good. money. Well, so here's the funny thing. I actually went and tried that your demo again just to make sure that it was uh that impermanent loss was actually a thing and I also lost money. So <laughs> Yeah. I did. Um twenty five hundred dollars is how much I lost. And I was like, damn, that could have been a really nice I don't. Well, yeah, I lost yes. money on a test net, so, I but I, I'll I'll tell you. <laughs> Joe's like, I didn't lose real money. <laughs> Man, it so, yeah, it could have been, but yeah. With, them, with the merge, what Joe's saying with Circle being able to shut down all these contracts, they basically would be eliminating their competition because it would be just Circle, and I know Circle has ties to Coinbase. I don't think Circle would ever do that. I don't think, I mean, that, that is a systemic risk, but then so could Tether, like Tether could have done that from like a long time ago since, since, uh, God. I don't think Tether has the same institutional protection. But at the same time, Alicia, I think it's tantamount to like, uh, trying to take over 51% of the mining network of Bitcoin. It's like, yeah, you're going to get away with it. But once you permanently damage the thing that's printing money for you, it's no longer going to be a good money printer. You might but as well. What if it's very selective? What if they just precision snipe? I think well, that's what they're doing right snipe. now. Tornado yeah. Cash was a. It was a. It was a. It was double seven. And they're testing the waters right now. So I don't. I, next. I think Ethereum as a whole ecosystem would lose a ton of credibility to its uh, decentralization, and people would totally like jump out. Well, it's not right now with Tornado Cash because you have people saying, "Well, I would, I wasn't using that service, so I don't care." Right, That's but like if somebody turns off USDC for like some yeah. major blockchains, like for instance, uh, say they turn off USDC on Tron, yeah, that's not going to end up really well for anybody. Uh-huh. That's going to be like billions of dollars lost. There's got to be articles about how stables are like the Trojan horse of crypto. Joe, let me ask you this question. Where would you go for the least counterparty risk? Radio Shack. Radio Shack. <laughs> Radio it can't Shack. be Avalanche. It can't be Ethereum. Like, no, Radio who, Shack well, is a DeFi I mean, exchange. It's a, I mean, for what do you talk Obviously, it's not Solana. Like, like, you're trying to go to a you're trying to go to a chain that has validators. I mean, Ethereum, like, you know, Ethereum is fine. It's just that there are projects on Ethereum that ha- that are going to have more counterparty risk and there are projects on Ethereum that are going to have less. Like today, yeah. I was just thinking, you know, if, you, if you're trying to like extract your value, like let's say you, you're, you're thinking like, hey, when ETHW, if, if and when ETHW starts up, right, you want to mm-hmm. basically say, let's say you have like 100, you know, Joe coins. And they get copied over to ETHW. And you're like, I want to take these Joe coins out at whatever. Let's say they're each worth a penny, right? So you got a dollar. You want to take this stuff out. You know, if you're, if you're, you know, today, I think Chainlink announced that they're not going to support ETHW, right? So that means that like Aave breaks and Compound breaks because they both use Chainlink oracles as price feeds. So if you're going to take your money out, 
then you want to make sure that your LP isn't something that is that doesn't have counterparty risk. So you'd have to take your LP out of Aave or Compound and put it into Uniswap. So that way, when the copy happens and Aave and Compound don't work, you can still get your stuff back out, right? Yep. So there is a... So there's, you know, so there's, there's counterparty risk at multiple levels, right? It could be, do you want to be able to do swaps or do you want to be able to, you know, just send? Because sending is still going to work. It's just that the values, all the all of the things that determine value on ETH, or well, a lot of the things that determine value on ETH are going to be broken. Whether they're broken by a company turning off, you know, whatever the other side of the thing backing that value is, which could be like Circle turning off USDC with DAI, or with um, or or on a Dex, right? Or it could be you know whether you know if a Chainlink Oracle cannot now if a Chainlink Oracle is not updating the price feed in a, in some DeFi protocol and all of a sudden the prices are all messed up, it could be that um, you know the chain is still going to run, the chain is still going to process blocks, but the thing that you thought had value may not have the same value on this on this other chain, and it may not matter. You know, like when. I think Bitcoin is like a, a much simpler system. So when, you know, Bcash forked off of Bitcoin, there's no DeFi anything. It's just like you just copy all the UTXO transaction sets and, you know, you just... I remember selling all Bitcoin. my Bitcoin cash for like three or $400 as fast as possible and moving it to Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So you sold it to Roger, basically. Right. So, but, but, but Ethereum is so much more complicated than... You're just right. being able to send. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I honestly have no idea what's going to happen. You know, I think whatever the chain that the, the post merge chain, that's going to be proof of work, uh, proof of stake. I think it's going to have an advantage because I think that's where all the momentum is going. That's, I mean, it seems like everybody on Twitter is all about that. There's a, obviously a small subset of people that want this ETW chain to go, but it's like, you know, when Roger wanted, you know, Bcash to be a thing, you know, he kept it going, but the value is one, you know, one eighth or one fifth the value of actual. Do you guys remember seeing that shit go live and seeing the the value of Bcash go up like by thousands yeah. of dollars an hour? And I was like, oh my god, it's happening! And at that moment moment in time, I was like frozen. I was like, to sell or not to sell, to buy or not to buy. And I was like, I'm just gonna go to bed. And hope everything's good in the morning. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. Big Bcash didn't win. I'm good. Yeah, it went up to like, I remember it was like 6K on Coinbase. Like it went crazy. I was like, absolutely crazy. It's happening. And it's a crime that Coinbase has gotten away with another one. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That is pretty crazy. Coinbase has so many coins. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like all the. There's well, more something... like anti-trading. I know they caught somebody recently, and that's their sacrificial lamb. But that whole Bitcoin Cash thing—they have all the Ethereum airdrops. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, I think Brian Armstrong is taking the opposite approach to Zuckerberg, and where he's like he's buddying up early, early, and you know he's gonna get all the power and stuff that goes along with what he's built. But he's just staying in the—he's not in the limelight, you know. Doesn't need to be talking about whack ass meta every every other week. He's just kind of laying low, making those evil deals in the in the back rooms with Uncle Sam and just just letting it ride. I think Brian Armstrong is doing evil right. 
Guess why did he get away with uh, not hitting his uh, percentage goal for the quarter? Oh, yeah. He did it swift, too. He hopped on the mic real quick. He was like, oh, man, we had some losses. Let me hop on the mic real quick. Look, guys, it's going to be ups and downs. Coinbase is, you know, not immune to that. Put your money in. I'm out. And he dropped the mic and he, and he rolled out. I think I think I'm part of like 20% of their workforce. Like all, all, all the major yeah. crypto companies. I saw, are I saw a scary, scary Twitter thread where someone was like, I just got hired by Coinbase and now I'm fired by Coinbase. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that sucks, man. I'm yeah. sorry. That sucks for you. All right. Do we have any last sentiments, last minute sentiments to get out? Oh, man. We this is the second to last episode. I can't believe this is like uh we're not doing the Bitcoin podcast anymore. It's kind of crazy. I don't know what I might still do it behind you and Corey's back. Yeah. I can't let it go. It's like a part yeah. of my psyche. Uh, join you. I've talked to a therapist about it. No. Wow. <laughs> no, I haven't. But I I might. No, 400 episodes. Let's see. We interviewed Roger Ver three times. Called him out twice. What else? What else did we do? We had the Fox. I feel guy. like I wasn't here for the cool interviews before everybody made cool stuff. Cause like I got here in 2017, right? Like a lot of the cooler stuff happened like 2014 to 2017. Yeah, you know? there was, there was, I wouldn't say it's cool stuff. It was just, people were still finding the, the, the constraints. Like I don't have any stories that was like that, that are like I was in New York with the developers of you know whatever like a shapeshift or whatever or uh, OpenSea or whatever you know I don't have any of those stories I, I would like some of those. I ate a great Japanese dinner in Mexico with the My Crypto team. That was good. That was a good one. What happened with Vitalik there? Oh my God! Do you remember that story? This was yeah. <laughs> I tried to talk to, that was an interesting conference. That was a conference when things were like buzzing, buzzing. And I like, I saw Vitalik talking to a bunch of people. So I was like, oh, this is great. I'm gonna get a little sound clip for the podcast that we have to do in the hotel later tonight. And I was just like standing there in line. And then like when, it was, when, I, when I thought it was my turn to talk, uh, <laughs> I'll never fucking forget this. So I was like, hey, Vitalik, what's up, man? He goes, excuse me, I'm having a conversation. And I was like, God damn, bro. I'm standing here too, like everybody else. Like, I'm trying to talk to you too. And I was like, all right, I guess. And everybody looked at me like, fucking asshole, get out of here. And I was like, so I just go and like, I'm sitting on like the curb and Corey comes up. He's like, what's up, man? I was like, man, Vitalik's a fucking dick, man. That's what's up. up." He's like, what happened? I was like, you just shunned me away like i was a fucking parrot i don't know I was, it was weird and that was that was the story dang that was, yeah is and he I, like that though i i think he's a little spectrum me that's what i was saying at the beginning of the show i think i like fucked with his vibe because i wasn't like in the right spot in line i was just like right just a little off to the right Maybe you went too fast you, you went too early it wasn't ready for you yeah, I moved too fast. But uh have you ever then, talked to them, Joe? Like Vitalik or anybody? No. Nah, in person. No, I, nah, I saw Charles Hoskinson at uh Consensus. He's eating breakfast. I had coffee with Vitalik's dad though. Talk's dad is pretty cool. Um and then oh, what's his name? The dude, the shapeshift guy. 
The guy that um, decentralized his company before the government came after him. Uh, Voorhees. Eric this Voorhees. dude rolled into, I was like, I was like sitting in the back and he rolled in like after Vitalik started talking, like all in the dark. So I guess nobody he would make a scene. And he like rolls in with like two supermodels. And I'm like, classic. I, I get it. You're worth billions. <laughs> and he just like sits down and he takes out a notebook and crosses his legs and takes like two notes and then just walks right back out. And I was like, that was a weird, that was a really weird, I don't know. Just crypto was interesting back then. And Tether's been exploding since like 2016 for everybody <laughs> wondering what's going, not wondering what's going on there. Like even back in 2016, people were like, Tether's going to bring it all down, man. Tether, Wasn't it before then? It was before Tether, then. Yeah, because Tether started off on the Omni network, like for as a as a place for Bitcoiners to get liquidity yeah. for their Bitcoin. An exchange made it, right? I thought it was a Bitrex. Bitrex made it when I they. I think it was. I thought it was Bitstamp. No, it was Bitrex. Really? They 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 lost a lot of money, and then they created Tether to pay back all of those customers. I believe. I could be wrong. No. Other. Let's see. Bitrex will be swapping from the Omni-based implementation of USDT to the ERC-20-based implementation of USDT on the Ethereum network to bring our... Yeah, see, like, I remember that. Mm. I was like, yeah, Tether is Bitrex, and Bitrex is in Washington, like in Washington State. But Tether was overseas before. Bitfinex. There we go. Got me. Golly, Bitfinex. Yeah. Yeah, Anyways. Hong Kong. Yeah, I think they were like severely hacked. JK, I'm so wrong. So after after like uh, 399 episodes, yeah. interviewing almost everyone in crypto, except for Vitalik, <laughs> we interviewed Vitalik's mom and Vitalik's dad, but not Vitalik. Corey's interviewed Vitalik. Um, let's see, we had 10 shows at one point. That was fun. Uh it's hard to like recollect on everything that's happened over the years. We still have a lot my, of you. Go ahead. My favorite clip was uh McKibbins is saucy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot about those guys. McKibbins got so rich he became one with the energy. He's like straight up went to Puerto Rico and uh, just is trying to start a country there based off of he's pure, an island boy. Pure positive energy. Oh McKibbins. And then so, Wait, so McKibbins. McKibbins? McKibbins and Saucier were two marketers for a company called uh, Ubiquity.io. Oh, okay. Um, Vaguely remember that name. Me and Cello got a little twisty, and we were like, <laughs> it sounds like a buddy cop movie. <laughs> and then so we just started singing this song, McKibbins and Saucier, and then uh, I got extreme. I was like, Saucier, yeah! And he was like, fuck it, this is too funny. We're going to make a theme song out of it. So then we hired a guy on Fiverr to listen to us and make a song out of it. <laughs> and then we played the song when they came on. And they oh, were wow. like, that's the greatest thing that anyone's ever done for us. And we're like, yeah, you guys sound like, you know, buddy cops, like Lethal Weapon. And for like, we had them on for like three years in a row. And it was always like the McKibbins and Saucier. <laughs> um, they're both, you know, they made their Bitcoin. They did their thing. They're probably in like, Puerto Rico chilling as well. Um, what about good. you, Joe? Why, why don't you own California at this point? 
I don't want to own California. <laughs> I like living here, but I don't want to own it. Um, I remember I used to make jokes with you like over the past few years. It's like, all right, when are you going to buy like just everything? And then just, yeah, we'll all just have little, little homes. I will buy land on Joe Island. I swear. Joelandia. Joelandia. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do want to, I do want to uh, start an SEZ, but not in the United States. Mm. What's an SEZ? Special economic Special, zone. Yeah. Like uh, Dubai or mm. Monaco or Panama. Well, Hong Kong used to be. Can I build yeah. my school? <laughs> Before it was a yeah. Yeah, I got a life journey to build a school. I mean, if you, I mean, you're gonna have to build it where I'm building the SEZ. But yeah, where, where, where do you plan on sticking that? I want to do it somewhere in West Africa, like Mm. basically between like Guinea. I'm fucking in, like Nigeria. Excuse my language. Between Guinea and uh, Nigeria. Yeah, uh, where I'm thinking is between. Uh, Cote d'Ivoire or Ivory Coast and uh, and uh, Accra or sorry not Accra uh, Ghana there's like a little bit of space like right there on the border um, and I think if I can get I'm in a hundred square miles you're saying all the right words how much need to get some cost to start that up what oh, it's gonna be really expensive Ghana okay. and Nigeria are not big strong men to protect you <laughs> like all the other places Monaco's got Europe <laughs> You know, Hong Kong. You don't need protection. You you need protection when you're you're doing that. You have to have the shadow of, hey, I just called my big friend to come over. You need a silver tongue and grit. Yeah, you do. I mean, Nigeria is coming up, but they still got a mess that they're dealing with internally. And Ghana is just recovering. So who's going to be your big strong man? Is it going to be China? Because China's in Africa. Probably. (laughs) Oh Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, that's. The, I know one thing. My niece and nephew are in a school that is requiring them to learn Mandarin at the same time they learn English. Good. Requiring them. Yeah. I was like, holy shit! That's <laughs> telling. I was like, they better not try to talk no shit to old Uncle D and some Mandarin because I will whoop that ass. No, I'm kidding. I'm too young. But yeah, that's too much. If I was gonna start something, it would be over there. Okay. Cool. I gotta build my school on Chinese dime. No, man. that's well. What else can we reminisce on, Jesse? When did you even start listening to the show to get involved with this fucking? I only listened to like two podcasts, if that, and then I just joined the Slack because it was like join the Slack, and I'm like, yeah, I want to talk to people, and then really? uh, I joined it. Yeah, I didn't listen to the podcast like much, if at I've all. Got- I was just here for everybody in the Slack because it was way cooler. I've got a theory that like not a lot of people listen to a lot of episodes. Like I feel like there's a very few Joes and Wayne's out there. Yeah. But like I think most people catch like five and then they're like, eh. Did eh, you really listen to all the original episodes, Joe? Yeah. Why? I used to I used to walk to work. Damn, Jesse. Yeah. Um (laughs) I used to walk to work. So when I was working at Uber. I lived probably like three miles away from my office and I would just walk to work. And on my walk in, I, it was about an hour. So I was listen, I would listen to the podcast, but I was also, you know, like I first got introduced to Bitcoin in 2013 and I really started getting in like excited about it when I got to Cal, when I got to Pennsylvania. So in my walk, I needed something that would like fill that time. 
And I think I came in at like episode 25 or 30, but then I wanted to go back and listen to some of the old episodes. And I was listening to other stuff on my walks and, and back from work. So it was just like the entertainment factor of D, Cello and Corey together. And then also the fact that, you know, they were very exploratory, right? Like you would learn about stuff like lawnmower. I mean, like the, all these things are like dead and gone now, but yeah. it was like the lawnmower app, which was like the first version of Celsius, right? <laughs> Before it like went away, right? And there were all these old apps that have been out forever. And it was just, I was listening because they were asking a lot of questions from a from the standpoint of, we don't even know what's going on and we're trying to figure it out. And I was in the same boat, right? They were, you know, they were, I remember they talked to like some adult actress or somebody, somebody who was like using crypto to get paid. Yeah. And so they were just talking to anybody who's trying to do anything with crypto whatsoever. And it was almost this like, what is this, like, what is this thing even good for? Like, what is this used for? I think it's the same question that a lot of people ask today, but they were asking it from the perspective of talking to other people and figuring out what do you use it for? What do you use it for? What do you use it for? And the interviews were were obviously entertaining because you know the Corey and Cello have a re- had a really great chemistry together in terms of like you know you have like the the technical analysis side of Corey because he was getting his PhD living in Brazil and then you had like the product producty side of Cello and then you had the you know analytical and mathematical calculating side of D and then all of them have their own like perspective on comedy so it was just entertaining to walk like walk to work and listen to and it yeah. wasn't boring like i remember like walking down the street and i would just be laughing and people are like you know people, <laughs> somebody's walking by me like what's so funny i'm like i mean i can't really explain it you have to you know, miss episode seven when this joke started and now we're here like episode 40 and the joke's still going right so <laughs> so it just it was something where like it helped me build that like, I feel like I know D, Corey, and Cello. Like, they're, like, my boys that I've known forever, even though they don't know me like that, right? Yeah. Because I've listened to so many episodes. I have, like, so much insight into their life that they just shared through, the store, through like, their time in crypto. Yeah, man. Um, Cello was holding but, that baby for the first, like, 100 episodes of the show. Like, he would record mm-hmm. with his daughter right next to him. And so he'd have yeah. to mute and unmute. And, yeah, it was, it was good times. I remember yeah. so, I cello was uh, it was just okay yeah no cello was really cool like i remember buying him a rice cooker back in like the bull run in 2017 like a multi cooker thing because talked about that a lot actually yeah (laughs) he's uh yeah it was just it was entertaining you know i remember talking you know when they were going through like the whole litecoin mining phase when they were building their litecoin miners and getting everything spun up and learning about mining and you know (laughs) Was, Litecoin was like a couple of bucks at the time, I think. Uh, and I remember yeah, I thought Litecoin that whole was, phase. Thought I was retiring in two years because of Litecoin. We were mining that shit. I had so much. I was like, yeah, yeah Litecoin, yeah. It's the future. Yeah, and, then, <laughs> it's the future. and then I think like Corey had a hard drive or something that he found with some Litecoin. Or I don't know, one of you had a hard drive that you found that had some Litecoin on it that you thought you had lost or something. It was just like, it was it was very much a an exploratory uh exploratory you know this is a new space we're like trying to figure out what's going on it's like if you get to a new city and you don't know what to do and you're like asking people questions you're like oh where's the best place to eat and blah 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 you know like now 
it's like, well, that place sucks and that those food's good and that place is shut down three times. And like now we've been here for a long enough time. Where, yeah. You know, we have like opinions and right. we're, we won't even touch certain things. We'll be like, oh, that's going to be a rug pull and that's yeah. a VC chain. And yeah. we have, there's like more context. But back then, you know, it was just nobody knew anything. You could explore. Exploratory. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this question. So like with the new podcast that we're doing, like we're revamping, hashing it out and we're bringing a more technical focus to at least the major show. Um, mm-hmm. We're still going to have the personals interview. We're still going, we actually have a, a separate segment called flash hash where we talk yeah. about the newsy kind of stuff and it'll be like more rambunctious than the, than the main show, which is more, you know, nitty gritty technical uh, exploration of what's really going on under the hood. Does that appeal to you as a long-term listener of TBP? That, that later, that latter thing sounds like uh, just the headers. It is. I think it's going to be exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for me, the thing, you know, I, I would classify myself as a lifelong learner. So for me, I think the thing that really... Um, is exciting about listening to any podcast is just if I learn something new, right? Like if I can get on and, you know, you've found some new information about, Oh, this is happening or that's happening. That gets me excited. Cause I'm like, Oh, I didn't know that before. And that's what was happening with a lot of the early stuff. You know, it was just, I didn't know that before. So, and I think right now there's way, there are way more new things happening now than there were back then. Right. You've got like a hundred alt L ones, you know, that you can drill into. You've got all these DeFi things that you can drill into. You've got all this stuff that you can try to understand about how, you know, circle is trying to do what they're trying to do, how tornado cash works. And and even just like explaining to people how tornado cash works, you know, a lot of people will probably be like, well, what's tornado cash? How does it work? You know, and having like a conversation around how the mixing service works, you know, what, what happens when you put Mm -hmm. your, tokens in and how it rotates and how it can, you know, having those types of conversations, I think is super, um, is what really is what gets me excited about listening to podcasts and, and having an entertaining commentary around it, I think helps as well. So, and your podcast is older than like, I mean, I'm, I listen to this all the time, but I also listen to a bunch of other podcasts and, you know, this podcast has been around way way longer than anything else i listen to right so yeah it's weird to sunset it quite honestly but it's hard to talk about just bitcoin because there's so much going on outside of bitcoin even though bitcoin is very um i don't know it's very complex but at the end of the day bitcoin quote unquote is is winning when it comes to being whatever the hell it is so it's like you can't there's not much to talk about anymore. I mean, like that moment struck me just last week. I was talking to Jesse about this. I was at, I was somewhere looking at a TV randomly and MSNBC was on, um, not MSNBC, CNBC, the money. Is it CNBC? CNBC. Which one's the money show? I think it's, I think it's CNBC. 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 Was I was on. wrong about Bitrex earlier, so I don't trust and, myself anymore. And so, instead of stock tickers rolling across the bottom, AAPL, you know, if the instead of stock tickers, it was like crypto tokens running across the bottom. And the first one was Bitcoin always. And I was like, huh, okay, well, 
I guess yeah. it's there. I guess <laughs> I guess if CNBC cares enough to keep it pinned on the TV screen, then crypto yeah. must be doing something right. So, if, you know, even to that, I would say I have a couple of people that have introduced me to some stuff in Bitcoin that I think is actually very, very interesting. But, you mm-hmm. know, there's, you said that there's before. very few people. Yeah, there's very few people that talk about it. Like there's some very interesting stuff in BSV around like how they're thinking about doing smart contracts and stuff like that. Um, this last week I was listening to a Twitter space and, um, it was something about like, uh, like Bitcoin maximalists, the the whole theme was like Bitcoin maximalists were having like their like come to Jesus moment. And what does it mean to be maximalist and what does money mean and all this stuff. But the people that were in the, that were chatting back and forth were actually talking about a couple of technologies that I thought were super interesting as like Bitcoin layer twos that they're talking about building. Right. And so I think there were like three or four Bitcoin layer twos that are being worked on right now. I don't remember what the names of any of them are, but I thought that was interesting as a, as a conversation. Cause you know, you don't hear people talking about that. The only, I mean, I would say the most layer two stuff I hear about is probably like Solana and Avalanche. And but those know. aren't layer twos though. Solana is well, not layer two. Sorry, sorry, not layer twos. I am. Um, well, like optimism, yeah. arbitrum. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, yeah I know optimism, you know. Optimism, arbitrum. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, but then in terms of like other chains, I hear about like you know, Solana, Avalanche, stuff like that, um, and then Terra what, when it was or Luna when it was running. But um, I think there's lots of there are lots of very interesting things happening in different niche communities, and it's almost like there's so much going on. There's so much to talk about. But most people are kind of like focused in on like I I only talk about like EVM chains. Like if you listen to, you know, like Bankless, it's pretty much just all EVM stuff. Or if you listen to like uh, you know, proof or whatever, it's all NFT stuff and it's basically Solana and Ethereum. Um and there's a lots of interesting things that are happening all over the space. It's just gotta dig into all the stuff and it just it's mm-hmm. a lot. There's a lot happening. Something yeah. that's different that wasn't happening before is you you said you used to work at Uber. I know that, but now you don't. And that means that you are really digging through all of the, you know, crypto related content as it pertains to what you're currently doing. And so when I, when I, when I say that you like, for instance, the product that you're working on, I don't know if you're still doing atomize, but like you have to learn about a bunch of different L1s because you were like the, the point of atomize at least at one point it was to create like be the one-stop solution for simplifying creation of nfts creation of you know DAOs and whatnot is in terms of like even the newer l1s that are coming out like we we know aptos and we are coming out um and they are really focused on nfts is that like is that really what's coming again uh, yeah, so we actually we pivoted like kind of our our pitch of what we're doing uh-huh. um, for what we're building, but I think you know this the question still stands. You know, even for what we're doing, you know, is it is that going to matter on these new chains, right? Um, and you know, there's still a, I think these new chains still have to kind of prove themselves, right? Like um, I was just talking to a couple of my friends earlier today, and you know, you've got like I had 
a whole bunch of friends, a lot of friends that were like, oh, we're moving to Solana, we're building on Solana. They quit their jobs at like Google and Facebook and, you know, all these tech companies. And they yeah. all tried to basically, they went to all these Solana hackathons, got grants and started building and hacking on all these things. And yep. then now they're all going back to work, right? Um, and so I think there's still a window of proving that you have to prove that the chain is actually going to be able to sustain you if you want to work on it. I have a buddy who runs like, so oh, hard on Solana that he's he's okay for a few years. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, you could be fine. Um, and and I know people that have that are very that have been very successful going in and out of Solana as well. But it's just in mass, right? They need to be able to attract and then sustain yeah. the the group of people that they attract. And so it's going to be interesting to see if these new chains that are backed by the same investors are going to be able to do that, right? Because if the technology I mean, fall, falters. It's, they're both, yeah. it's, it's Facebook again, just smaller. Well, yeah, well, the people that built Solana went from Facebook. Anatoly no, no, no. What I'm saying Solana. is Aptos and Sui. Aptos and Sui largely are ex-Facebook employees who worked on, on DM, right? Or Libra? Libra. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, part exactly. of DM. Yeah. Yeah. So Before DM pivoted, you know, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, I think there's just so to... much. Sorry, go ahead. So, go ahead. No, I was just saying. Hopefully, they'll be able to execute. Like I look at something like I just don't even know what some of this stuff means. Like I was joking, I was joking, but not like Radio Shack has a crypto exchange, and that's what it is now, and they do millions in volume, and I'm just like, what? What is going on? And people are trading and using Radio Coin kind of like the same way they were using Binance token to like get less fees or however Binance token was working back in like 2018, where if you were using Binance token, you would get less fees or something like that. It's like the same thing in Radio Shack, like the Radio Shack is trying to make a, a, a decentralized exchange. And it's just like, what? it's like, if you just now play the game, right? If you got a marketer, that's good enough and you can play that game, then you will make some money. It might not be this world-changing stuff that people in Ethereum are going after, people in Avalanche are going after, uh, but you're going to make some scratch. You're going to make some scratch by getting those transaction fees. So it's just, ah, man, like Solana doesn't work. We all see it doesn't work, but people are just pouring money in and out of this thing every single day. And I mean, saying those... Go ahead. ETH had a lot of problems at the beginning as well, right? It's just that I feel like when ETH had problems, the whole space was so tiny yeah. that no, we kind of just kind of like brushing out of the room. Yeah, all these problems that Solana has, ETH had them also. It's just, I mean, obviously, it's like the DAO is the biggest thing that people remember, but there was tons mm -hmm. of issues with ETH back in the day. Um, but that wasn't that, that been, wasn't the chain went offline, right? That's what's happening. To yeah, Solana. yeah, yeah. 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 Seven times. Uh, no, ETH, ETH did have ETH did have periods where the chain, like, it didn't go offline, but there have been just, times where lots of the chain has been stopped, and that's even even relatively recently, um, like 50 percent, forty fifty percent of the chain has been like effectively offline. So it has the same problems. It's just that again, nobody really talks about that because a lot of that stuff happened like back way back in the day. There weren't that many people on there. You know, everybody's an engineer or like, you know, early adopter and they're like, oh, this is fine. But now at scale, 
when you try to bring a new system on and you're trying to, you know, migrate over, you know, let's say ETH has 30 million users and they heard that this other thing is cheaper, faster, better. They go over there. And when you, yeah, and you jump on it and it just falls, it falls down because it's just starting at a, it has a different starting point. Um, Yeah. It, so. There were some issues with Bitcoin too in the very, very beginning. Was Satoshi was basically yeah. fucking around with his own shit when he was like, yeah. when he accidentally, when there was like infinity Bitcoin and he was like, oh shit. Yeah, somebody so- meant it. Yeah. There was, a <laughs> oh, bunch, there was an underflow, underflow, unsigned integer underflow error. And they and minted was- an extra like two billion Bitcoin or something like that. And they had to roll <laughs> the chain back. They're like, we're just gonna fix this real quick while nobody's paying attention and then we're gonna keep it going. Like, so it's just I don't know. Crypto's come far. It's got so so long to go. Or if you're calling, you think it should die in a fire right now today. You think it you think it you think it needs to stop and people need to get back to business. Last year he was like Oh, like avalanche is the only thing that matters. And now he's like, not even avalanche matters. It's all <laughs> it's all it's all garbage. It's throw it's all it fake. all away. Well, what are we fucking doing, guys? Yeah. He made every morning I wake up and read the slack, and it's like, okay, I guess I'm a limbing again. I don't know. Colin, you I don't know, but here's the next here's what's gonna be funny, Colin. Listen to my words if you listen. When Avalanche goes up. To like two hundred dollars in avalanche in like four years. Don't try to come up in Slack talking that shit. Or I swear to God, I will. I will buy premium, which will cost us like four thousand dollars. I will buy it just to get your old messages out, and I will repost them just so people can see. We're gonna be on status by then. It'll take avalanche four years to get to two hundred. I think this is going to be an extended bear market. It's going to go sideways and boring for a really, really long time because everybody knows about it. Crypto's not new. Like my aunts are calling about it. Uncles are calling about it. Fucking Matt, fucking Damon. <laughs> like, what about the happening, the happening pump. Yeah, the happening. I think even the happening is usually it's about six to eight months right after the happening when the price starts going bananas. I think it's going to be longer. I think it's going to be a year. It's going to be like twelve straight months of just. It's just yeah. gonna go flat because what new Two buyers still the happening? I, I think that like I don't know, we can Google it. Yeah, it's it's around the corner. May twenty twenty four. So yeah, about yeah, a little bit under two years. So now would be a good time to start averaging in, I guess. Not financial advice. Yeah, hashtag yeah, not financial advice. Hashtag be out there. Don't uh don't uh I want to know who's ever been sued for like accidentally giving financial advice. Like, how does that go? Or in the real world? Like in the real world, how does that go? If you're like, man, like now be a pretty good time to you know buy a bunch of Twinkies, and then like if somebody does it and they screw themselves, and then they sue you because of what you said, like has that ever happened? I just want to know. Like, so it has to have happened because now you have to say. This is not financial advice, but it's kind of a dick move, right? If I'm like, oh, this guy told me to go buy a bunch of red earrings. I was going to make a, I was going to make a killing during hurricane season. And I didn't. I think it's probably like legacy from, you know, whatever the pink sheets days were when people were calling people and on the phone and being like, Hey, buy this thing. Or, you know, I suggest you put your money into this thing. Probably a bunch of people got busted then. 
and now we're in that same I, same spot. I actually have a question for you, Joe, before we wrap up. Well, two questions. My first question is when you were doing that first project, I think last year, where you were like catching all these, I think it was token list, right? Token launch. Oh yeah. Token yeah. Launch. yeah. Yeah. What did you like, what did you gather about people slash Ethereum from seeing that happen? Like all these people launching tokens day in and day out that are essentially worthless. Like what did you learn from that experience? Cause I thought it was token launch was pretty dope. I was like, I had yeah. it pinned to my browser and I was looking and I was like, damn, it's like a new token every fucking hour. I was like, Joe's going to make even more money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, I think it was just that people were making, like people were just making stuff, right? It was like, they were just spamming the chain with coins. Right, they make like Pulse Dode, Pulse Elon, Pulse Shiba, Pulse, or like you know this that you know they would just Elon Moon, Elon Musk Doge. It was just, people were just making stuff because it's so simple. Once you have a smart contract deploying code to just deploy the same thing and literally just change the name and the symbol and then redeploy it. So people were just throwing stuff out and they were just kind of spamming the chain with stuff, hoping that they could get enough liquidity somewhere where it would catch off and they were thinking they were going to be like the next Shiba, you know, basically when people wanted to be the next Shiba. Um, and it was very high noise, very low signal. So that's kind of what I learned is like, if you're trying to go after people that are creating coins, you want to make sure that they're serious and people that are serious are usually going to do more work than just creating an ERC 20 and launching it. You know, they're going to probably, you know, have a treasury, have a wallet, have some sort of blog where they talk about what they're trying to build. Um, maybe have some voting stuff on, you know, Snapshot or some other governance platform. You know, maybe they have like an NFT collection that is tied to that voting contract. So usually people are doing, the people that are legitimate, that are trying to actually build something legitimate, just have more, they put more effort into it than just launching a token you know, without a website and without all this extra stuff around, without trying to build a brand, I would say. So that was, I think, the, the learning lesson that we got from building that, which is why that's what our new product is more focused around that, is the brand that you build and, and building that brand and owning that brand on chain. Mm. That's the that's the pivot, the second pivot of Atomize now. That's why you're asking everybody for their .eth uh, ENS yeah. name. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. What was the second question? Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, in 10 words or less, can you describe the Bitcoin podcast? Best show on earth. <laughs> you're just saying that because you're here right Clip now. Clip it. It's too late. <laughs> Stop. Don't interrupt him. Okay. Don't interrupt him. Do you want to do it again? <laughs> now you got it. Best show on earth. That's what I'm talking Best about. Best show on earth. And all. I didn't know this. I didn't say it's not even crypto show. It's literally just the best show on earth. Hell yeah! I think it's because like it's a bunch of like community people. Like we like you know some some people in Slack. Like you guys have met up physically at conferences, and everybody's pretty chill. Even though you may have like some weird people, I guess. But I've met yeah, I've met like <clears throat> Lucian, Colin, uh, Andy, Mike, Corey. Uh, who else? Lucian is the world's most interesting man. 
That Yo, dude. Lucian is amazing. Amazing. That dude oh could gosh. rock him and I, velvet. Him and I went to consensus. No. <laughs> it was amazing. Lucian's amazing. He's the type um, of dude that's going to wear like a velvet jacket somewhere like and smoking the longest marijuana cigarette. <laughs> and he is like the world's most interesting man. Oh, I met um I met uh Mackie. Uh, that's meetup. He's cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who else? Yeah, I met I met a few people. I still haven't met either of you two though, or either of you three, I should say. There was there you was haven't one. Met not in no. person. Not Dang. person. It, it's right. gonna happen though. It's D happen. used to live near where I used to live. Yeah, where my parents lived in Virginia. Oh, okay. and so, but then he moved and I moved. So now yeah. far, are you in California still? <laughs> me? No, yeah. Man, why are you doxing? Okay. Like I mean, it's a whole state with like. It's so easy to find. Me. You can. It's so easy to figure out where I live. It's not even like hard. You <laughs> just Google Joe Blau and then go click on the first link. It probably says San Francisco, CA, somewhere like right under there. So. Oh, okay, cool. There was one person. Want to get lunch? That I'll I hope- be there. End of the. Uh, We'll talk. We'll talk after. We get to talk to you again. Um, I can't. You can't even remember his name. He like ghosted out of the slack in the last bull run. He met with us down in Mexico at Consensus, or not? Sorry, not Consensus at DevCon. Um, and we had dinner with him. Uh, he was such a cool dude, smart as shit. And like, I just remember him leaning over, and we were like, we had like, we were like two margaritas in, and he's just like if they don't figure out a way to incentivize the telecom companies, this shit ain't going nowhere. And I was like, (laughs) and he was like, I'm a consultant for the, all the big telecom people. Like I know how this shit works, how these packets flow. If you don't incentivize AT&T, Verizon, them for a decentralized network, you're just going to get a centralized stack of shit on top of all this and i was like that's very wise man you want to come talk about it on the show he's like no nah, i just came here to see if i wanted to invest in anything and it's all looks like kind of shit so i'm gonna go back home and he hasn't been in the slack since like uh cory knows him because cory and him used to like talk all the time about like the heavy tech side of the networking aspect of the blockchain and he just dipped after that like night in mexico wasn't in the slack didn't comment on anything. He was like, yeah, if you can't incentivize the telecoms, then they're not going to literally build the infrastructure for this stuff to work. So I was like, oh. Well, that didn't turn out to be true. <laughs> uh, I mean, people just working. don't give a, they don't, well, they don't see. care that it's still all centralized. Like they didn't redo, like, you know, we, we have uh, the topic coming up on networking for hashing it out that we're going to be recording soon. Yeah. I'd love somebody from Cisco or, you know, people who uh, have been, you know, and they are intertwined with the networking hardware that powers everything, you know, in the United States. I'd be curious to have one of them on and just figure out where, where they're sitting in terms of like their perspective on, are they going to be disrupted at any point or are they just like, yeah, they, they're all those people, they're software people. They don't know anything about trying to incentivize replacing us. Like we're fine. I think we should try to get someone on from Cisco. That'd be pretty interesting. I don't think that's going to get very far, honestly. 
I feel like they're all worried they're going to get laid off next week. So, no, I'm kidding. That's they have the a Cisco blockchain department. Oh, they're getting laid off next week. That's, sorry, I'm kidding. It's not a recession, everyone. Everything's fine. Yeah, uh, the inflation went down 1%. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, that's right. It went down 1%. We're like, not in a recession. Yeah, definitely not a recession. Definitely going to happen. Uh, let's let's uh, end the show on a, on a good note. Um, shout out to old long neck, wide smile, Zoe Saldana. I see you, boo. Um, gonna be in the front row for this new uh, Avatar movie you got coming out. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, it's gonna be pretty good. If you guys, this show's not sponsored by it or anything, but you should check it out. Avatar two. Um, do we got any other shout outs? Or is that it? It's the only one kicking it old school, huh? We were we weren't ever able to get her on the show. That's kind of sad. Try again, hashing it out. Yeah, I mean, only in flash hash, maybe. She was never. She's never going to come on our podcast. I know no. that for for a fact. We're going to have to do. We're going to have to really stretch to find the tangential lines that cross to get. I want her you to keep it podcast. going though. Like, <laughs> yeah. I I only at this point I only want you on Zoe and I know you're not listening but I'm gonna talk to you as if you are just so I can say I've been giving you a shout out for like five years straight and I, this like I'm an old man now I got grays in my mustache <laughs> I got grays in my head and I've been giving you shout outs every week for five years that has to mean something just saying <laughs> all right. Play the outro.